Good morning, church family, wherever you are. Um, I'd just like to start by thanking the band and uh, you guys that make the music and the worship, you tech, tech, tech heads up the back, thank you for all that you do. You make this possible. Just to start with this morning, I wish to refer to the Lord's Supper. Because we're unable to meet as a full church right now, We've not been able to have communion either. This is something I miss. I'm sure you do too. However, there is something we could do in our own homes. We could do this at home. It could also be done in small groups. Um, It does not just have to be on a Sunday either. It can be any time through the week. Jesus requested us to do this in remembrance of me as often as as you meet. So I encourage you all to consider this then and I encourage you all to do this with your family or in small groups until we can meet again one day as a full church body. We look forward to that. Now uh, I want to start this morning, the title is The Words of Jesus and um, in John chapter 1, if you'd like to have a look at that, just a, a short reading here. I'm going to read John 1, chapter 1 and 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man who comes into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as that did receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word, which is Christ, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold his glory the glory of the the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the only true word then. In Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 22, it also says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Yes, the words of Jesus give life because Jesus completed the will of the Father by the works he completed on the cross. He defeated the curse of our sin there. He paid the price for our sin on the cross. So whoever believes in Jesus passes from death into eternal life in glory with Jesus and the Father. 
you would have noticed that in most, transla- in most translations of the New Testament today, the words that Jesus said are written in red. This emphasises the authority, power and wisdom that Jesus has. His, uh, his words are good news. They describe who God the Father is. They describe that God is a loving, merciful God and they describe that God is also a just God. Some of you may remember the song that Johnny Cash wrote and sang decades ago. It is titled The Man in Black. Some of the lyrics of the song go like this. Well, you wonder why I am always dressed in black, why you never see bright colours on my back, and why does my appearance always have a sombre tone? Well, there's a reason for the things that I have on. Well, I wear it for those who have never read nor listened to the words that Jesus said about the road to happiness through love and charity. Why, you'd think he was talking straight to you and me. Well, I'd like to wear a rainbow every day to show this crazy world everything's okay. But until we start to make a move and more things are put right, till things are brighter, I'm the man in black. I've always been a fan of Johnny Cash's. Some of you will recall having read David Wilkerson's book. That's going back a day or two since that was written too. It was called The Cross and the Switchblade. It happened in New York back in the early 1960s. From memory, David Wilkerson answered the call of the Lord to go and minister to the teenage criminal gangs on the streets of New York. These young um, gangsters were hooked on drugs and heroin, heroin, heroin in particular. The different gangs were constantly, constantly at war with one another. In time, the Lord used David to lead many of these young, these lost young men and girls to commit themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. At that time, There was no way for some of these unfortunate young heroin-addicted men to get proper medical support. They had no help for them to equip to uh, get the medical help to help them to withdraw from the drugs that they they were so heavily addicted to. As more of of the gangsters came to the Lord, they had to go cold turkey. This was just simply isolating themselves voluntarily into simple rooms and sweating out the shocking and cruel withdrawal symptoms. This could take days and even weeks to, they, to, uh, for them to get through. And uh, it, was, was, it just took so long before they could ever, ever resume anything like a normal life again. However, those who who made a recovery with the help of the Lord's grace, they would sit out with their new converts in isolation with the word of God in their hand and sustained prayers in the, in the spirit. They helped to deliver and support their newfound brothers in Christ. One-on-one ministry it was. 
Later on, David Wilkerson established what were called Teen Challenge institutions that even went global and even today are still ministering to men with addictions. The words of Jesus are powerful and awesome. His words were, are fueled. His words are fueled by love and grace. The words of Jesus are the most powerful in the universe. His words bring redemption and his words bring life. His words bring life to all except and believe his words. Jesus said in Luke 21:33, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You know, the Lord could send his angels to evangelise the world and to minister to the lost and the oppressed people of our world. However, yes, we know God does send angels on assignment sometimes. We very rarely ever see them, if ever. Yet the Lord invites you, us, you and I, and all his followers to join him in ministry and his work. Where does human oppression come from? Yes, from sin of the human heart. Greed, selfishness, pride, envy, lust, anger. Who instituted sin in the first place? Satan, the archenemy of God. When Jesus was baptised by John in the Jordan, he wandered into the wilderness to face his enemy Satan. Satan had no power or authority over Jesus. However, Satan tried to persuade Jesus to make the stones of the desert into bread. Why? Simply because Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. I don't know of any other human being who could, have, could fast for 40 days, but Jesus did. So, uh, see, Satan wanted to uh, get Jesus on side. In Matthew 4, we can read about it. In spite of his physical hunger, Jesus never gave way to the subtle suggestion of Satan. Jesus replied with the written word of God. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Satan had no answer. So Satan has another go. He takes Jesus up into the holy city and sets him on the pinnacle of the city. And Satan said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall, he shall give his angels charge over you. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus replied, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Satan had no answer. So Satan took him up onto an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And Satan said to him, All these things, Jesus, I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Satan had no answer. 
and he left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to Jesus. Whenever we find Satan accusing us or tempting us or subtly trying to deceive us, we should always rebuke, we should always say to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Satan has no answer for that. When Satan is rebuked by the Lord, he stays rebuked. There and then he stays rebuked. Now our main reading today is John chapter 4, 46 to 54. Now I'll give you a moment to look that up. If I should have announced this earlier, I suppose. I'm sorry. Um, John chapter 4, verses 46 to 54. So Jesus came again into Cana in Galilee where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain noble man whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will no means believe. By no means will you believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, please come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And and as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them, The hour when he got better. And I said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that very same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed, and his whole household. This Again, it's the second sign that Jesus did when he'd come out of Judea into Galilee. The nobleman was was very desperate because his son was deathly ill. He had heard about Jesus and and his only hope for his son would be for Jesus to come and heal his son. He knew the words of Jesus had power. He knew that at the word of Jesus, water had been turned into wine at the, we- at the wedding feast. When Jesus told the nobleman to go on home, your son lives, it was enough for the nobleman. He believed what Jesus had said and he headed home. And not only that, his servants came and met him saying, your son lives. Just as Jesus promised which he discovered from his servants that the fever left the boy at the precise hour when Jesus declared, your son lives. Of course, the noble man and his whole household joyfully believed in Jesus. Supernatural signs and wonders are awesome. It'd be great to see them. It's great to see when the Lord heals people and it would have been great to see when he parted, when, uh, when Moses was there and the Red Sea was parted, it'd be great to see stuff like that. They're awesome. But it is the believing in the powerful words of Jesus and who he is 
that gives us the salvation into eternal life. The words of Jesus are the most powerful in the universe. What did Jesus say to Nicodemus? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. As I said before earlier, the words of Jesus are written in red. In many New Testament translations that's written, the words of Jesus are also found in John's book of the Revelations, also written in red. It contains seven messages to the seven churches which the Lord himself instructed John to write and to give these messages to the seven churches. It is a good exercise to read all the words that Jesus said in the New Testament for we know all that Jesus has said and anything he is still saying now is absolutely true. The words of Jesus are true, true, past, present and future. Jesus spoke about the future, how one day God the Father will send Jesus to take over the kingdoms of the world and and he will judge all mankind and he will rule with a rod of iron over the whole earth. Revelations 19, 11 to 16, you can read that. We also read in Revelation 7 about the seal of Israel. 144,000 descended from the 12 tribes of Israel who will serve the Lord and become mighty evangelists on earth during the time of the Great Tribulation. And at the appointed time, they were re- these 144,000 will re- be redeemed from the earth. John records while he was in heaven he saw a vast multitude of an uncountable number of people standing before the throne in white standing before the throne and before the lamb sitting on the throne praising God. Now these are those who came out of the great tribulation on earth who were persecuted and died for their faith in Jesus Yes, there will be many sinners saved during the seven-year tribulation on earth in spite of the fact that they will be executed, most of them, because they will not worship the beast or Satan. That's an amazing thing. It's going to be an awesome time. Revelation tells 11, Revelation 11 tells us that there will be two powerful witnesses, witnesses, who will prophesy for 1,260 days on the earth. Some Bible scholars believe that these two will be Moses and Elijah. No one on earth can harm them, and they will have authority to shut off the rain and power over waters and to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with plagues as often as they desire. We're struck with one plague. I wouldn't want to be around in when these guys are set loose. When their mission is complete, they will be killed by the beast in Revelations and their dead bodies will lie in the street for three and a half days. Then the breath of life from God will enter them and they will stand up on their feet. A loud voice from heaven will cry, Come up here! And they will will ascend up into heaven 
This will be followed by a great earthquake. Many will be killed and the rest who are left will be greatly afraid and give glory to God in heaven. Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. In Luke 21, um, 33 to 36, well, Jesus says, Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with with carousing, drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day will come upon you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to actually stand before the Son of Man. These words, the very words of Jesus himself, leave no doubt that the rapture is indeed pre-tribulation. So we need to be watching and praying always. We need to be ready when Jesus comes in the air to take his loved ones home. He will not set foot on the earth, but the dead in Christ shall rise from the grave first. And then as Paul says in, one, in Thessalonians 4, 17 and 18, And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, with them to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. You see, when the Lord comes, he will bring with him all those who have died in the Lord, who are presently with him in glory. These will descend into the grave where their mortal body remains. At the trump of the Lord, they shall arise in their new bodies along with those in the Lord, who are still alive, those who are alive shall be given a new body also, very much akin to the glorious body of Jesus himself. We will leave our false teeth and aches and pains behind. Spectacles and hearing aids as well, they won't be needed. Can you imagine that? So we need to be ready when the Lord calls us home. He doesn't want you or I to be left behind. He doesn't want anyone to be left behind. We have a much better hope of bringing all our loved ones to the Lord by being ready now, watching and praying. We need to seize the day. We need to seize the day today for the sake of the Lord himself. Today is a day of salvation and being ready for the Lord and being ready to tell others when we get the chance that Jesus is coming again and they need to be ready. They need to be ready for him when he comes. We have no excuse. Remember the words of Jesus are the most powerful in the whole of the universe. He created the universe by his words. When he spoke all these, that all these things that exist should exist, and they do. Glory to God and hallelujah. The world will never be the same after the rapture. People will be wondering what's going on. Millions of people will suddenly disappear. 
Can you imagine the chaos left behind? Their family members are gone. And young children may well also go because they've not reached the age of understanding, but they could be just taken. Trains, cars, planes and buses crashing because the drivers have gone to be with the Lord in the, in the twinkling of an eye. Shall we pray? Then we'll close off this sermon with the Lord's Prayer after I've prayed. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the words of Jesus. You thank, we thank you that we can quote the words of Jesus. We have the words of Jesus and we pray that more than ever we might see the word of God given to every tribe, every person, every tongue throughout the earth. We pray that this good news will travel forward, Lord, until you do come to take us home. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be encouraged. Help us not to be caught by the snares of the world and the cares. Coronavirus and everything's real and all these things are around us, Lord. And we get caught up with things of the technological word, Lord. We just... Everything, anything seemed to be there to distract us from, you, from our focusing our attention on you. Lord, would you please be with us and help us not only to be ready, but help others and call others to be ready also that when Jesus comes, they will be able to go also. So we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us and for all and who you are. Thank you for your words. And now, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Amen. Glory to God.